Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 15. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mil Proye of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Mil? It's been a little while. It has been a little while, Greg. I'm pretty good. I'm sitting out here in Edmonton basking in spring-like weather at the end of November, so very happy. Very nice. Well, I'm in Ottawa and it uh, is getting a bit mild and we're going to start to get rain. So any snow we had should disappear. So we missed week 13, 14, an hour and 15. So we're going to do a bit of a, a rundown of the past few weeks in today's podcast. And uh, going forward, we'll be back on a, on a regular cadence for these. So Milt, tough job summarizing three weeks of performance, but you know, what have you seen, and particularly in, in, in week 15, I suppose? Well, I think that for CP, uh, we could describe their performance over the last three weeks as uh, steady. Uh, they've come in each of those weeks, you know, between 82 and 86% order fulfillment, which certainly was a step up from uh, what we had been seeing through September and uh, a good chunk of the month of October. CN, pretty good still, uh, maybe a little bumpier, if you will, than uh, CP over the course of the last three weeks, particularly week 14, where, you know, CN turned in its worst performance of the year at 73%. Part of that, uh, frankly, was driven by a high number of order cancellations that CN put in place. There's some debate as to why that might have happened, and we can touch on that perhaps uh, before we're done. But otherwise, they've been good. We do see some pretty consistent trends, uh, I think, developing. Uh, we've seen them over the last three weeks. And when we look back a little bit farther, I think both railways are settling into a bit of a pattern here, different, different for each railway. CN has now seemingly adopted a strategy of rationing orders in order to manage demand. Now, week, week 15, the most recent week, they managed to put in good performance, I think 92%, and they did it without rationing any orders. Although in the seven weeks prior to that, they had rationed orders in every week, I think peaking in week 14 with more than 800 and most of those in the Vancouver corridor. CP, uh, as I said before, has seen much better performance the last three weeks, you know, arguably still below the threshold that industry would like to see but certainly an improvement from what we saw early on in the year. And despite that, uh, we see CP continuing to carry outstanding orders from week to week to week to week. Now, if we go back to that particularly poor stretch that CP had between week six and 10, I think it was where they were, you know, 13, 14, 16, 1700 orders week after week after week that they weren't fulfilling and, and carrying forward. They have gotten better from there. I think in week 13, they had something like 740. They improved on that in week 14, down to 650. But then in week 15, despite the fact they, they had reasonably good order fulfillment performance at 82%, they're carrying 900 orders into week 16. So it's, you know, the downward improvement has kind of reversed itself. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they come out of week 16 with. The other thing that we've noticed that seems to be settling in to a pattern is car spotting activity. 
consistent with what CN is doing with respect to, you know, what I call managing their demand, their car spotting activity has stayed kind of consistent and has actually gone down in the last three weeks. Uh, CN for ATC shippers has spotted less than 5,000 cars in each of those weeks, which is lower than, you know, the previous three or five weeks. And CP has spotted less than 5,000 cars in each of the last two weeks. Now for CP, that is in some respects consistent with demand, which has dropped considerably. And there's a bit of a story behind that, which we can uh, touch on if we have time. So that's kind of interesting to me. You know, CP's demand is down, they're spotting fewer cars, and yet they continue to carry, you know, significant numbers of orders forward week to week to week. So that story in some respects doesn't quite align. Anyhow, all that being said, uh, I think uh, it's reasonable to say that for the most part, performance has been not too bad in recent weeks. A little bumpy for CN, pretty steady for CP. Although if you look over the course of the entire grain year so far, you would make the case that CN has been more consistent than CP because CP, as we know, had a particularly rough patch from about weeks six to 11 or so. Yeah, Mel, I'd like to dive in a little bit into that, into these elements of, I guess, demand ma- management, the cancellation, the rationing, what it means, and especially the the consistent pattern of it, which is... Uh, which is interesting. Let's let's before we do that, let's let's touch on provinces quickly. Anything you've noticed as far as consistency in the provincial performance? Yeah, lack of it, I think it's fair to say. Spotty, if you will, but each of the provinces, probably I would say with the exception of Saskatchewan, which overall, uh, certainly in the last three weeks, has seen the most consistent, if not the best performance of the three provinces from both railways. Manitoba has had a couple of fun weeks, two out of the last three weeks with CP in particular, where CP performance dropped below 60% uh, on an order fulfillment basis in Manitoba, both in weeks 13 and in week 15. And in the middle of that, had a week at 81. Uh, Alberta has been a little less unstable, if you will, but with CN, You know, in week 13, they went from 82 and they dipped all the way to 58 in week 14, and then they bounced back to 91 in week 15. So a little bit all over the map. When you look inside the numbers, you kind of see a pattern between what's going on at a system level for CN and CP in specific corridors and how that's translating down into the provinces. So when Manitoba's performance tends to be poor, it tends to be because CP is not performing well in the Thunder Bay corridor. And when Alberta's performance tends to be poor, whether it be for uh, by CP or CN, it's because there's something going on in the Vancouver corridor because pretty much 100% of traffic that originates in Alberta is going to one of two places. That's Vancouver or Prince Rupert. And Prince Rupert has actually performed very well this year. Of course, that's only served by CN. The one that's been really volatile is is Vancouver. Demand has been super heavy in that corridor. And we've seen some concentrated rationing by CN uh, in the Vancouver corridor. And we've seen some pretty spotty, uh, inconsistent performance from CP in the Vancouver corridor. So 
you know, not terrible. We've seen worse in the past, but over the last three weeks, kind of inconsistent across the provinces for both railways. Okay, thanks, Melt. So let's jump into demand management, particularly around CN and and what the the pattern you've seen emerging there. How have they been managing demand? Well, I think basically through rationing. Uh, We didn't see any rationing from CN in week 15, although the seven weeks prior to that, so, you know, from week uh, eight to 14, uh, we saw some consistent rationing. It peaked in week 14, I think, with 800 uh, plus, as I said before, you know, three quarters of that just in the Vancouver corridor. But when you look at CN's demand, it's been very consistent. You know, it it was very low, obviously, through the month of August. It started to come up, as you would expect, in September, although perhaps a little slower than most people might think. But since week eight, it's been, you know, fairly consistent for the most part in around that 4,800 to 5,200 kind of level. And those are the weeks where we've seen lots of rationing. So, you know, outwardly, uh, what it looks like is that CN has decided that they have a certain amount of capacity to offer each week, uh, which I would argue is probably lower than what they said in their grain plan. And they're managing their demand to those levels or trying to. So week to week, I think they're basically assessing this is the capacity that we've got to offer based on what went on the week before. And this is how much traffic we think we can serve. And anything that comes in over above that threshold that they establish, they're basically rationing those orders. Now, having said that, you know, when you look at the fact that over the last three weeks, even though they're keeping their demand tamped down, if you will, they're still not meeting the requirements of the demand that they're planning to serve. So their car spotting performance is down in each of the last three weeks, and they're carrying orders out of each of the last three weeks uh, into subsequent weeks. I think they were almost at 600 coming out of week 13. They were over 500 coming out of week 14, and they managed to knock that down to, I think, less than 350 coming out of week 15. But when you step back and look at the picture and you put together Uh, shipper demand against accepted demand against car spotting performance. Uh, For me, it it looks like CN is consciously managing demand by using order rationing and trying to match their car spotting capabilities to the demand that they're accepting. And I think they've kind of said to themselves, you know, if we can hit 85% order fulfillment week in and week out, or thereabouts, uh, we're okay with that. And based on public statements by the industry, they should be okay with that too. So that's going to be an interesting scenario to watch play out when winter actually shows up here in earnest, because as we know, the system slows down when the temperature drops and snow hits the ground. We've had a little bit of it, but nothing serious so far in the West. So it'll be interesting to see if that that strategy holds uh, or if they try and do something different. Is CP following a similar strategy? CP is a bit of a different story. Early in the year, we saw CP ration uh, some orders, way more than we've seen from CP, you know, historically, for sure. But that's kind of gone away uh, for the most part over the last, you know, six weeks or so. But the interesting thing that we've seen over the last three weeks is 
shippers have been effectively reducing CP's demand uh, week to week to week by pushing orders that are on the books out into future weeks. And not a small number of orders. You know, we, we're talking about anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 orders a week that are on the books for a current week. And, and then when it comes time to measure performance for that week, shippers are making decisions to roll those orders forward uh, into future weeks as opposed to, you know, penalize the railway. And you put that, you know, together with uh, what CP has been doing, and that's really what's helped their performance over the last three weeks. I mean, the question people will ask themselves is, well, why are shippers doing that? If their orders are in the books, do they not really need the cars? And the answer is not simple, unfortunately, because nothing in this business generally is. I think there's probably a couple of drivers there. I think one is uh, perhaps a realization from shippers on what is realistic uh, to expect from CP given poor performance that they've seen. And I think they have an understanding perhaps of what CP's uh, capacity is at this point. So they're finding ways to, you know, manage their pipelines. And the outflow of that is it's giving CP a break, if you will. And if you look at the demand numbers for CP the last few weeks, they're far lower than they were, you know, in the prior month. And shippers do this as a, as a matter of course, right? I don't think anybody should interpret it as, as shippers looking to give a CP a break in order to, so that their performance looks better publicly, because that's not what, you know, industry is looking to do. It's all about managing their own pipelines, managing their own commitments, managing the performance of their own assets. You know, we know we had heavy rain in Vancouver in week 14, which created problems with rail car unloading because they couldn't load vessels, which resulted in buildup in terminal inventories. So they have to deal with all those issues uh, in addition to the railway service that they're getting. So I think a mix of all of those factors is probably what's prompting shippers to, to do what they've been doing, uh, certainly for the last three weeks. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that continues. You know, logically, you would think at some point CP is going to pay the piper, if you will, quote unquote, because shippers are just going to need to have those cars to move that grain. But so far, they've kind of demonstrated the ability to manage their way around that. And, and CP has been, from a performance perspective, a beneficiary of those decisions. Yeah, thanks, Milt. Well, we'll definitely be watching to see whether that piper is paid as in the weeks coming coming up. So appreciate your time today, as always. And for those who'd like to see the reports, and go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we will be back next week so looking forward to that see you all a bit later bye